Welcome to a place of wellness and healing for both your body and mind. Get ready to live a happy, healthy, energized life that totally rocks. You're listening to Straight Talking Natural Health, a no BS podcast for busy women who want to ditch the fatigue, find balance and feel great with your host and naturopath, Jules Galloway. Our guest today is someone who has built an oasis in Melbourne that helps people escape from the hustle and bustle of everyday life, a place that has become a sanctuary for busy people who need a moment to chill out away from the pressure of their fast-paced lives, a place with a menu full of incredible healthy foods with a twist. You see, this person has designed everything around boosting your happy, feel-good neurotransmitters and in particular, a little guy called serotonin. In fact, she refers to her business as a happiness center. How awesome is that? So look, she does so much more than this. She's so much more than food. But look, I've, I've come across her work a lot because I was being dazzled by her Instagram feed full of like colorful, vibrant, healthy stuff that not only makes me drool, but it was like one of those menus where you knew you could walk in and you could just eat everything without having to ask what's in anything. So I'm really excited to have her on the podcast. I wish I lived closer so we could just share a lunch together and chat, but we're doing it over Zoom instead. So please welcome to the show, the beautiful Emily Hazel from Serotonin Eatery. Thank you. Hello. (laughs) Oh, I'm so jealous I don't live closer because I'm from Melbourne but I left Melbourne before you guys really existed. And I feel like I left and then I was like, no. Yeah, it was much needed. And especially this year, so many people have had to go back overseas and they're like, no, we miss you. I know. You just, oh, I wish there were more places like you. The world would be a healthier place. So look, look, how did all of this come about? Like, why are you so passionate about creating these feel-good chemicals in the brain? Because I'm assuming you've got a bit of a personal backstory. Definitely. Um, It was a lot of different paths that led me here and they all kind of joined up in my mid-20s. But for me, it started sort of back when I was in high school. I was going through what I just refer to as mood funks. Um, For me, it was depression at the time, but I think everyone can relate to having mood funks, ups and downs. And um, back at the school I was at, there weren't many resources. We had school counselors that I went and saw, but it didn't, you know, chatting was amazing, but they didn't really give me anything to do, anything to go home to work on to improve myself. So I saw them for a few years and it wasn't actually until I left high school and I was still dealing with depression and I took myself to the doctor in my early 20s and I'd moved out of home. So it was a brand new doctor that I was seeing and she said after a five minute chat, all right, we're going to put you on antidepressants. And I think, thank God for me, that really shocked me and sent alarm bells. And I went home and like researched what is antidepressants. I found some peer-reviewed articles and I was like, what is this? What does it do to me? You know, how can I get off it? Are there any side effects? How long do I have to be on it? And I decided that I didn't want to take it pretty quickly. And I started to research natural happiness. So I was on a crazy search to make myself naturally happy. And then this word serotonin, it just kept popping up. And I really liked it because happiness, there was no real end goal. Like when are you really happy? What does happiness mean for everyone? Whereas to me, serotonin resonated because 
it was about mood stabilization. It was about feeling content. It was about just feeling better in yourself every day in the moment. So I really jumped into working out how to boost my own serotonin levels and then we've ended up here. Yeah. So um, for, for the cheap seats out there, what's a quick summary of what is serotonin? So serotonin is a neurotransmitter to get sciencey, but it's nicknamed the happy hormone. So they say, there's all these studies that say, you know, 90, 95%, but they actually, it could be all the way up to 99% of serotonin lives in your gut. So this is that gut to brain connection that's become really popular and really present um, even in the news these days. So it really, what you eat affects your mood. So for me, um, I really swapped my diet out and included a lot of things that are high in tryptophan and tryptophan is what converts to serotonin. So just to make it really simple, these are like complex carbohydrates. So bananas, sweet potato, great things like buckwheat, quinoa, frica. So most fruits and vegetables do have tryptophan in them. And coincidentally for me at the time, I also discovered eating a plant-based diet. So I just went from eating a pretty crappy everyday Australian diet um, with a lot of processed food and probably meat and three veg growing up to eating this quite clean, this was probably before clean eating was a thing, um, diet. And I, I took out all that, but it wasn't that I really cut out anything. I just learned about eating fruits and vegetables and I just felt and watched how that made me feel um, and went plant-based for and still have been for a long time. Oh, I love what you said about the gut as well, because I'm always banging on about this with my clients when, when they're saying that their serotonin's low or the doctor mm. has said that they need these antidepressants <laughs> that help to boost the serotonin or the reuptake and, you know, yeah. what have you. It, they're, they're always, you know, that when they come to me, they're like, there's a problem with my brain. Like my brain is low in serotonin. And I'm like, no, no, there's a problem <laughs> in your gut. Your gut isn't making the serotonin. Don't worry about the brain. We've got to start with the gut. And yeah. so I'm so, uh, I was like nearly jumping up and down when you were saying that because I was like, ah, oh, yes. <laughs> it's so important. And even this year, and I know this is exactly what this podcast is about. I fell off the bandwagon. We, my business has been closed since March and it's now November. And I had a lot of external stress. And as well, you know, I had 30 staff when I shut down and my stress, my cortisol just went through the roof and I just started grabbing for sugar, crap, whatever I could find. And I just watched my mood plummet. So I've gone back to working with my naturopath, gone back to working with my Chinese doctor and gone back to, yeah, eating really clean again. I just got in that bad habit. We're all cooped up at home, ordering Uber Eats, doing whatever we could to get through. But now the last few months, yeah, I just see myself and my mood change so much. And it's, it's not that hard. I never look at it in a restricting way. And I do a lot of education at the shop with especially school kids. Um, and I hope you love this, but we always talk about all the different diets out there, you know, one cuts out fats, one cuts out sugars, one cuts out carbs, but it's really about eating the complex versions of all of those. Like you can have the complex sugars, which is fruit. You can have the complex carbs, which is these sweet potatoes, quinoa, and that is what makes your body feel amazing. And that's why it just starts in your gut to make your brain feel better. Yeah, I can so resonate with that because look, I know like there's different diets out there that work for different people. And I, I, I'm not an advocate for any particular diet being yeah. the answer to everything. And I do, you know, uh, just full disclosure, I do have clients on low carb diets. Yeah. However, I've done keto, like really full on keto 
when I was in, I was in my mid to late twenties. And I remember I was, I was uh, about to do a dancing competition and I wanted to lose a few kilos really quickly. And I went on what was known then as the Atkins diet, which is super low carb, Like you can't get any lower carb if you'd have to eat nothing to get any lower carb. (laughs) And the first couple of weeks that I did this super, super low keto, low carb, um, I was dropping weight and feeling really good, but it's because I was feeling really good about myself. I was like, oh my God, I'm just like so shredding. It's like so amazing. And look, I feel really good now, but I didn't, I just felt skinny. But then it got to about week three, I think. And I remember I was in the kitchen and I was just narky as all hell. And I'm just stalking (laughs) around the place like this miserable, like caged cat, you know, just stalking around the place, just like, and my husband who had been very supportive, but was always like, you don't need to lose weight. And I was like, no, but you don't understand. Like I've got this competition and I need to get down to blah, 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 kilos and blah, 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 blah. And this day I was like this skinny mangy cat walking into the kitchen and he looked at me and he goes, are you ever going to be happy again? And I just wonder. <laughs> I just exactly. wonder I now. Use that reference a lot. There's a lot of the, especially that Atkins diet. It seems oh. to be that very California diet. You know, they haven't eaten a carb since the 90s. But then you look at a lot of those people and women, and they're on all of those Xanax and Prozac and all those kind of things. And what that does is, yeah, help your mood again. So if you really just ate a carb. Oh, <laughs> I know. And even when I put people on low carb now, because, you know, like we decided that that's the best course of action for them, we never go as low as I did. Like I remember I was measuring ketones and they were like super high. And I was like, oh, this is great because I'm like shredding so much more fat because my ketones are high. Them- Sorry, when you put people on the low carb, is that like for life or that's because they're healing? No. Yeah, it's usually because we've, you know, we're healing something or there's yeah. some sort of goal. So, yeah, I totally resonate with that because I honestly, and I remember at the time I was in my 20s, so I probably wasn't eating very well. So I probably had a dodgy gut. So imagine poor little gut was trying to make serotonin and was just like, you, you're giving me nothing to work with here. That's exactly it. And that's a lot of people stay on these diets sort of for life. We really interesting at the cafe, we have a lot of people come in who are FODMAPing. Mm. And when we opened, I had never heard of it. We opened back in 2015. And in the first week, everyone was saying, what's got no onion? What's got no garlic? And I'm like, they're so good for you. What's going on? And <laughs> years later, we ended up having actually one of the ladies um, who came up with the FODMAP diet come in to talk at one of our serotonin education events. And she said, yeah, it's an elimination diet to work out what you can't tolerate. So really it should be six to kind of max eight weeks. And we'd had customers coming in for four years saying, oh, I'm FODMAPing. No. (laughs) I like how FODMAPing's become a verb. Yeah, like it's a diet. I'm like, I don't think not eating onion and garlic is going to help your waistline. It's going to do the reverse. No. and, And, you know, like while you're doing that FODMAP diet, like, are you looking for the root cause of why you were sensitive to FODMAPs in the first place and addressing that while you're doing the FODMAP diet? Because otherwise, yeah, you might be stuck on it for yeah. way too long. Be able to heal that. And that's, it's got, it's probably the hardest, it's probably diet is the wrong word, you know, to call it, but it's the hardest diet to do because you're cutting out absolutely everything. So for these poor people who've been on it for years, no wonder they were coming to the happiness center. <laughs> I know. So tell me more about this happiness center. What, what's going on there? Because you are so much more than food, right? Yeah, we, it's called Serotonin Eatery Exercise and Education. So we've got the eatery, which opened in 2015. And 
I actually went and studied interior architecture and graphic design just before I opened it so that I was able to do the fit out and do the branding. I just had such a vision of giving people this sort of anxiety-free zone. Like some people call it a adult Disneyland. I just want you to come in, feel like you're in the living room, sit down. And that's exactly right. You can order anything on the menu because we kind of cater to all intolerances and allergies and everything is already plant-based, but we make it, you know, big and bulky so that big eaters like myself and guys out there still feel really satiated. So it's a cafe and we do breakfast and lunch. And then uh, one night a month, we do a degustation. So that's where the serotonin education comes in. Got 12 steps to natural happiness. And that's what the business is based on. And every month we work on one of those steps and then we get three specialists in from that area. And then, yeah, I put a dinner on that's obviously all high tryptophan serotonin food. And we really educate the general public and that's created this like beautiful community. We've got an event space next door that we do that in. Um, and then that community comes, we do free uh, serotonin exercise sessions in the park across from us on a Saturday morning. So that's what I just wanted. Somewhere that like-minded, healthy people could just come connect and yeah, like talking about how to be happier or how to be healthier is just the norm. And do you still have the swings in the cafe? We do still have the swings. Well, then you didn't mention the most important thing. (laughs) Dear listener, she has swings in the cafe. (laughs) It's taken off. I've seen it everywhere now. So when I was coming up with the sort of concept, I was brainstorming. Like I wanted people to be able to come every single day of the week and have a different experience because when I was going to all the other cafes around Melbourne before this, you just, it's horrible. You sit in lines and you just feel like you're sheep in a pen getting herded. So everywhere is a little private spot. We've actually got Japanese tatami sunken booths. That's where I'm sitting right now. Yeah. And we've got the swings inside and outside. So they're just really cute. We're across from this park as well. So you can look out the window and you feel like you're miles away. I grew up in Mansfield and Marriage out in the country and I just love nature and nature is so important for your serotonin levels as well. So I picked this location because we're next to, yeah, this beautiful park that's actually a dog park and it's got a huge kids playground. So, Oh my God, that is like the perfect combination. Because I think, is, is, is patting dogs in your 12 steps to happiness? Because it needs to be. Fun, <laughs> actually. They definitely should be. We do have uh, 13 steps, that. people. She needs 13, <laughs> not 12. That's it. We do free dog food for any dogs that arrive. And yeah, we've got a dog-friendly courtyard because animals are so important for mental health. Oh, I love it. All right. So in all seriousness, what are these 12 steps? Yeah, this is what I'm the most passionate about. So this took years to write and I worked with about five different specialists on this. But number one is sleep eight hours a night. I'm actually writing a book at the moment and we've made this chapter one because without this, you can't get everything else. So when I was in my teens and like early 20s, this was the main key that was missing for me. I was sleeping like four hours a night and then it doesn't allow you to do anything else. I'm thinking, yeah, my early 20s, there wasn't much sleep going on either. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's fine. But, but the kids have actually changed these days. My customers start so young and they teach us about how to be healthy. So No, 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 no. You're in a bubble, right? Yeah. You're in a bubble. Like This happens in Byron Bay as well. We're, we're like, oh, wow, everyone is just like so like conscious these days and switched on and healthy. And then you leave the bubble and you realize that you're in a bubble. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, I'm trying, I've reached out to a lot of the year nine students in Melbourne because that was sort of where my troublesome years started. Um, And I do dinners on Thursday nights where we feed them, yeah, really 
plant-based dinner. We don't tell them this and we feed them. We've got a tea um, that our tea sommelier makes. It's um, a really calming blend as well. And we show them like how to do a raw dessert so that it's um, refined sugar-free. So sleep is the most important one for all of us. Um, For me, I actually go to bed, especially, yeah, when you're up around the Northern rivers, something happens. It's just, you're, you're able to go to bed earlier. Like you can be in bed by 8.30. It's amazing. You know why? It's because we're so far east over here that the sun rises a lot yeah. earlier here than it does in Melbourne. And, and I know because I, and the sun sets a lot earlier than it does in Melbourne. And especially during summer, that becomes like really pronounced. So for example, like James and I are huge Melbourne Victory soccer fans. And so we'll, I oh know, right? Um, there's a little piece of Melbourne in me that will always be there. And that's, that's part of that chunk. But we will sit here in the Northern Rivers and watch a Melbourne Victory game. And it will be uh, pitch black outside here, but it will be bright light still in Melbourne. So even though we're both in the same time zone, we are so much further east that the sun yeah. rises heaps earlier which means everyone gets up earlier, but then it also gets darker a lot earlier here. That is amazing. And it is. And that's, that's what I love. When, as soon as you come back to Melbourne, I spend a lot of my time up there as well. And as soon as you come back to Melbourne, it is, we stay up later. There's so much buzz going on around the city and then everyone has to sleep in just to catch up on their sleep. So for me, I really make sort of like 8.30 PM bedtime super important for me because I need nine, 10 hours sleep is optimal for me. So I'm going to yeah. get at six or seven. I really need to be in bed early. Yeah. All righty. What's the next of the 12 steps? The next step is raise your heart rate. And that obviously is talking about exercise, but we don't say exercise because that could mean anything. It could be walking while you're taking your phone calls or it could be playing with your kids. But just that raising your heart rate, the science is, um, says 23 minutes a day actually alleviates depression and anxiety. So just getting out there, moving your heart rate, whatever that is for you. A lot of rollerbladers around Melbourne this year. Which oh, I'm my like, God. Yes. Yeah, and those really pretty unicorn-coloured roller skates everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. I love it. Everyone's dusted them off. Um, and stopping the stimulant cycle. This one, like, will give everyone anxiety as they hear it. But in Australia, we're all stuck on what's called the stimulant cycle. So we get up in the morning, we have a coffee. The coffee drops off in the afternoon, we have some sugar, shoots us back up, and then that drops off again. And then in the evening, we have alcohol. And then by the time we get to bed, our bodies are so exhausted and so confused that we have a terrible sleep. We wake up the next morning and we need a coffee. So yep, yep. everyone can resonate with it. But if you can break those three things, and it is very hard, um, but just replacing them with other things. Like in the morning, I get up and have my massive smoothie. So I'm super satiated by that. And then when you know that three o'clock slump is coming, have, you know, peppermint, chamomile tea, um, raw balls, something like that around you, you know, keep healthy snacks in the house, fruit, banana, just to stop that. Um, so stop the stimulant cycle is the third one. And then spend time outdoors. So again, this is serotonin and nature go hand in hand. So for me being here in Melbourne, that's why I had to pick to be across from the park. If I was going to be here at work all day, I need nature where we can all go take our shoes off, just ground for a second. The staff can eat lunch in the park. That's so important. Yep. They're doing studies about this in Europe now, I've heard, and around sort of green space and happiness. Yeah. And yeah, it's incredible. Incredible. I think, is it Germany or somewhere like that? Or it might be Holland or somewhere. It's doing really, really well. Really well. Well, they... I. 
I lived in Paran for years and there was little parks all around me everywhere. And then a few years ago, I moved to Collingwood and I didn't realize there is not a park in sight. But thank God at the start of this year, the Melbourne Council have announced that they're putting like another 70 dog parks into Melbourne and another <gasps> 83 spaces. So yeah, they've obviously realized how important that is as well. And one's going out the front of my apartment. So I'm very happy about that. <laughs> so good. So good. You manifest right. whatever you want. <laughs> All right. What's next on the list? So eat fruits and vegetables. This one I kind of already chatted about, but yeah, like you said, there's no sort of diet that anyone should be on. And a lot of people sort of come to me for diet and lifestyle advice, but I just say double the amount of fruit and vegetables you're eating. So if you look at your breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks, you just need to pile fruits and veg on top. You can never eat enough. So eating fruits and vegetables is number five. And then being mindful and meditating. So these two, yeah, this is the one together. that's often the hardest one. <laughs> They're separate, but they do go together. But yeah, to have a meditation practice is amazing that it's, it's just creeping into Western culture. So I've got a, a mantra that I've been given and I do a just 20 minute morning and night practice, which at the start, yeah, you think I do not have that kind of spare time, but I don't know if you've heard this rule, but it changed my life when I heard it, the 888 rule. No. What is it? So in your day, you have eight hours to sleep, eight hours to work, and that gives you eight hours to do whatever else you want. And that just gave me such an aha moment because I just could never work out how do I get to the gym? How do I see my friends? How do I have that work-life balance? And then when I realized, yeah, I really probably work eight hours solid a day and I definitely sleep my eight hours a night, it gives you a lot of time. So that's when I was able to put meditation into my day, when I kind of freed up just in my own mind, not even in my day, the time. Yeah, that's, a, that's actually incredible. Like when you think about it, because everyone's like, oh my God, I've got no time, I've got no time, I've got no time. And it's like, wait a minute, you've got eight hours. <laughs> yes. And like even more so at the moment, because, you know, like we're not commuting so much. Like some people are, but some people aren't. And so two hours of that eight hours spare time might've been spent commuting before, yeah. but you got that back. And if you are commuting, but you're on public transport, like maybe you could still do mindfulness rather than scrolling Facebook or Instagram. <laughs> um, but yeah, eight hours is huge. Like that's a lot of time. That is a lot of time. I've slotted in a lot more Netflix to that time, but that's fine. Oh. <laughs> I know, right? I'm on Shit's Creek at the moment, but yeah, what, what can you do? What can you do? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then connect with others, which probably was like the hardest one to do this year and especially to do every single day when Dan Andrews wasn't letting one, anyone out. But to connect with others can be, yeah, whatever way, like although social media can be really negative in your life and I actually personally took myself off as soon as I shut the shop in March, I said I'm not going to go back on and I deactivated my account until last week when we're reopening. So connecting with others can be great through social media. I have, yeah, like customers will kind of come in and yeah, I might be too busy to chat to everyone when they're in here, but they'll DM me after. And obviously we do these exercise and stuff. So I've made really good connections and then you can keep in contact with them via social media. So I do love it for that. But connecting in person is just so important. And I always try and put a few of the steps together. So getting time, spending time outdoors and raising your heart rate. I'll try and go for a walk with friends or like this Saturday I'm going for a bike ride with friends. So putting a few of those together. Yeah. 
Yep. Or rollerblading, maybe. Rollerblading. <laughs> have been getting them. It does look good. <laughs> my God, seriously. I've got, I got rid of my rollerblades and my roller skates the last time I moved house and I'm kind of in a life of regret now, really. <laughs> I did have some, but I think I had a huge dack and hurt my coccyx and bruised my ass and then I think I threw them out, but I'm ready again. That's, that's pretty much like, Honestly, you, that was exactly what happened to me. I was like, I'm in my 40s. I'm too old for this. I break easily. And yeah, yeah, maybe I need to just remember that before I go and fork out for another pair. No, we can just get wrist guards, knee guards, elbow guards, helmets. We'll have everything. Butt guard. <laughs> Pillow. <laughs> the next one that might actually tie in with that is listening to music and dancing. So you can get on your rollerblades and dance as well, but. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've heard of Kat from ZF Tuesday, Zero Fucks Tuesday. She's amazing and she's got a great Instagram page and she just like puts on a song and she'll just break it down and everyone kind of posts and tags her every Tuesday. They put up these dances and it's just in your house and like I love going out and going to festivals and gigs. So this year has been hard, but just to put on your favorite music and dance in your house, it just changes the chemistry in your body so quickly. Like, when your favorite song comes on in the car, you know, and you just crank it and everyone's looking at you crazy. Yes. Or, yeah, or singing in the shower. Yep. <laughs> or if you can get in listening to music and dance. Like I really strategically have um, playlists at the shop that really boost people's moods and, yeah, people will just kind of be grooving in their seat. Just, it can change your mood so much. So that's do you cool. have any playlists on Spotify that we can just, like, download? We do, yeah. There's a serotonin dealer. Woo. Um, Spotify page, which is amazing. Yeah. A little bit of mixed bags in there. I used to get in trouble because we'd have kind of house music at 8am. So I've had to do a 8am to 11am playlist and an 11am to 3pm now. <laughs> Some of the over 85s. <laughs> Can you dancing in the morning? <laughs> I work with my husband. We have a dispensary and clinic here in Byron Bay and um, we have 80s day on Friday most days yep. and, unless we end up going banging techno, but usually it's 80s day and um, it gets us through. <laughs> music yeah. just make you so happy and that's it. It's different music for everyone. Like all of these steps, it'll be whatever you want it to be. To make it happen to yeah, one time um, I came down to, down to the dispensary and he was playing Metallica and I was like, babe, no. <laughs> that is my little side claim to fame, you can tell him. I have had Metallica over to my house. so. Oh, my no, God. Oh, he would love you then. He would absolutely <laughs> love you. Our, our claim to fame is watching them from side of stage at a big day out. That's as close as I ever got. Well, <laughs> well, yeah, there wasn't fame music in my house, but... <laughs> But yeah, sadly, no, no Metallica at our work. Um, who's, who's on your playlist at the moment? We've just launched a new one. Um, we're actually using, there's a, a local brand up in Byron called Hakia Swim. She's yeah. absolutely incredible. She's a sustainable swimwear brand and it's for sort of mums, like sort of 30 to 50 and it's to cover up in the sun. So she gave me an awesome playlist. I actually just added that to the top of my playlist today. So it's a Hakia Swim playlist and it is amazing. It's like kind of a lot more jazz and a lot more like we're trying to do a lot of Indigenous artists. So getting back to what 2020 is about, yeah. Excellent. All right. I think we're up to number nine. I've lost count. Yes. We've got four more. So read and write. So gratitude journaling is huge for me and just journaling anyway is huge for me. I, I would not have been able to achieve everything I have 
if I didn't set goals and journal and reflect. So every morning and night I do my journaling, just a couple questions um, and sometimes just free writing, but just getting a pen and paper out and just keeping something in your bag. When I get to a meeting or a cafe or something, if I'm there before the other person, instead of scrolling, I just get my book out. And even if I've got nothing to write down, something just comes up, something you had to process or yeah, something that you forgot to do. When you just sit there still with a pen, it's amazing what comes out. Oh, that's so good. I love it. Love it, love it, love it. All right. Number Huge 10. one to me and one that I'm sort of known for is smile, laugh and be positive. So this is just obviously something to keep in mind every single day. So the be positive is just sort of the glass half full approach, but the smile and laugh is again, whatever it means for you. So whether it's like putting on funny cat videos on YouTube, for me, it's Carl Barron. I love Carl Barron. So if I'm having a crappy day, I just like YouTube comedians and comedy. And that just, again, brings me back. These are just, yeah, all little ways that I worked out to keep myself happy, not take antidepressants and just check back in with myself and check and just be present in the moment. Is it a case of fake it till you make it? Most definitely. Something I always tell the um, the year nine students is if you're at home and you're having a bad mental health day, wait till your postman comes, go out, see him, smile at him. And even if you're giving a fake smile, he'll give you a real smile or she, and then you'll give a real smile back and that will change the chemistry in your body. So definitely if you just fake it till you make it, you won't want to get up probably tomorrow if you haven't been working out forever and go for a walk or go for a run. But if you just do it and start it and fake it and pretend that's what you wanted to do, eventually you will love it. And so you can combine, I can already see some really good combinations. Like we could combine number, number 10 with number seven, connect with others. With number yeah. four, spending time outdoors. <laughs> so you're outdoors, you see the postie, you're smiling. You've just done three out of 12. Exactly. It's like a huge list and it's sort of overwhelming for people but we've got this um, poster on our website, which we just send you the PDF and it's got all of the steps down the side and then every day of the week. So just as you're going through every day, you tick obviously what you've done and I kind of circle the box. If there was something to say like, okay, I didn't do this one, I circle it and then that I try and do before 9am the next day. And that's just like that really good progression of making sure you get through all of them. Awesome. All right. What's the next one? All right. We've got lucky two last. So volunteer and help others. Again, if you're having a crap mental health day, the best way to feel better is to help someone else. So whether it's just helping someone cross the road or helping out a friend, everyone knows like a friend that's kind of struggling more than they are. So calling them up, seeing if there's anything you can do, checking in on your parents, your grandparents, your siblings. So helping someone else or volunteering somewhere local in your community and then educating yourself is the final one. Yay. For me, educating yourself was, yeah, what, what makes me naturally happy and educating myself right now is what are the food trends going on and what are the hospitality businesses doing and what are the COVID rules we have to do. So educating yourself can mean anything in your life at that time. I'm addicted to design and real estate and renovating. So it's always in my education, but it's just that learning and keeping your brain firing. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love the list. I love it. I love the possibilities of because I'm like this, I've got this efficiency brain. I'm like, oh, which ones can we combine together and we can do it all at once? Like volunteer and help others. Well, that helps with your human connection one. And like yep. there's, yeah, there's so many ways you could kind of hack this to do a few all at once. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they really don't take long. And like, exactly. One is sleeping. So you don't even have to think about that one. You should just <laughs> tick that one off every day. 
yeah or go and go and hang out with some folks and and you know with a dance class or something which is human connection and then dancing at once so or volunteer at when we're allowed back in the old folks homes into the nursing yeah. homes you can volunteer there and do a dance class there. there's so many things so many things so many things and it's and the funny thing is a lot of them are going to help the people around you but in greedily they're going to help yourself as well yeah, I love. I I did love that you brought in the volunteering and the helping others because that's a huge one for me as well. And it all it always I always go oh you know when people are like oh wow well, you volunteered and you did something I'm like yeah but it's serving me just as much <laughs> as it's serving others like I get just as much out of it as well like you really do like it's it's really, really good for the soul. Like, for me, when I was in high school, I had sorry when I was in university, I had some spare time because we had these. Like we had three months off in summer and two months off in winter. So I remember trying to Google like where can I volunteer in Melbourne? Where can I help? And I just remember there being so many hurdles. So a little side project I've always got ticking along is I really want to launch this app and the app has two options where you either personally have time to give or money to give. That's generally what I come up with, that people either have time or money. You click that and then it kind of takes you through a dating site so your interests could be animals or yeah plant-based eating and then it will connect you with a charity that either needs time or money and so many charities need this and again yeah we all kind of have that little bit of time when you learn the 888 rule we all have that little bit of time to give back so it's so important yeah that 888 rule is key it really is key like that's how you're going to get everything else on this list done right yeah yeah awesome all right can i pick your brain about because you're you're in a really busy area of Melbourne, right? So you must see some people come through who look a bit stressed out, who look a bit overscheduled, who look a bit busy and maybe a bit burnt out. Uh, yeah. What what do you say to those people? What would you say to those people? Because sometimes life can be really overwhelming, and 2020 hasn't been an easy year for a lot of people, yeah. and it's a lot of frazzle frazzled humans out there uh yeah what, what's your advice a lot of those frazzled humans are my best friends so mm. <laughs> the advice i give exactly them yeah. is the number one thing i all if friends come to me and say they want to start a business which i've been in for many years now i tell them all right you need to find a good yeah chinese doctor and naturopath i just think they are so important to work with because yeah, whatever goes on, stress is going to bring something, some imbalance in your body. So it could just be once a year, once every six months. For me, when I'm in a high level of stress, like if I'm doing a million talking events and I'm doing dinners at the shop, sometimes I'll have all the school kids coming in. I'll see my Chinese doctor and get acupuncture every week. So for me, that's just something that like allows me to check back in with myself. It's a little bit of a therapy session because you chat to them. And obviously they'll help me kind of balance out whatever's going on in my my body. So I use as much as the serotonin formula, 12 steps, they're all things you can do yourself. I do use external people. So I probably get a massage in that same time about once a week. (laughs) And then the rest of the year, I at least have a massage once a month. But just things for me, my body runs at a crazy fast level. I actually was diagnosed with ADHD last year. So it explained a lot for me. Yeah, but so just, I think for you it's a superpower, not a not a problem. <laughs> it's only a problem if it's out of control, right? A hundred percent. So it does. It, I can keep a lot of balls in the air at once and I can keep running really fast, but I do need to check in with myself. I actually got 
plantar fasciitis um, about a year into opening the cafe because I just hadn't walked. I'd never worked in the hospitality before, hilariously, but I had never walked on concrete floors that much. I was opening and closing every single day and I had really crappy shoes on trying to look cute. So I got out of bed one day and I just couldn't even stand up. And I didn't know what it was. I was, I was like 25 or 26. It was crazy. So I went to stand up and I, I just couldn't even stand up. And I went to yoga that day. I thought, God, I'm so tight. And I couldn't even touch my toes and I'm really hyperflexible. So it took me about four weeks of seeing specialists to work out what was going on. But since then, my body has just become my temple again and I just do everything I can. So I've got a lot of regular practices. So I just always tell them to, yeah, Within the serotonin formula, a lot of those kind of things come up. Like, yeah, make sure you're going to the gym. For me, I, like, I love really heavy weights and things like that. So whatever works for you. But just keeping in touch with your body and not too soon. You don't want to be a hypochondriac. But as soon as you know you've got a kind of niggle going on, get on top of it. Don't wait years and years. Like A lot of people sort of in their 40s and 50s will wait you know, months to go and have their shoulder looked at when really if they had have just had a physio or whatever they needed to see at that time, they probably could have nipped it in the bud. But just keeping your body in check is so important because it's probably telling you something. That's such a good reminder. And, and yeah, I've, I've, I've had the same thing happen where you've got a business and you're throwing everything you've got into it and you're too busy to take time off to do any self-care and you just ignore the niggles. And it comes and bites you on the butt later. It really does. But I, I remember it took a while to get that mindset shift for me where going and having acupuncture or a massage or something like that didn't feel like this decadent thing. Yeah, it didn't exactly. feel like a splurge. It's actually like a normal part of weekly self-care. Like I used to be like, oh, this is like too decadent, like I, you know, I can't afford the time. I can't afford the money or whatever it was. I'd tell myself this story that it, it was a luxury item because I wasn't too broken. Like I would happily go and fork out a, a crap load of money. Like I would lay down so much money if I was really broken. Like if I threw my back out, I would happily pay the guy who fixed my back, you know, all the money and go, yeah, I need that because I can't walk. I can't put my pants on or whatever. But I, it would have to get to that before I would spend the money. And like now in the last few years, I've started to realize that I just needed to let go of the guilt around seeing those sorts of self-care things as a luxury. It's a necessity, but it's now it's like I'm trying to do like preemptive self-care. Look at me getting like old and grown up. It is. And guilt is, guilt is just rife. Everyone's got mum guilt. I get staff guilt. Oh. <laughs> built in their life because of something, but something I do and I really speak out on now is at, mo- at least once a month, but at most once a week, I take a whole day in bed. We're closed Monday, Tuesdays, and my partner can't understand it because yeah, he's an athlete and he's always on the go and he just thinks that's so horrible. But I just get up in the morning, I just make a cup of tea and I get straight back into bed and I will just spend the whole day in bed. I'll surround myself with books and magazines and, you know, maybe Netflix or something, but I might be doing a little bit of work as I go, but just the act of not getting out of bed all day, it just really brings my stress and my cortisol back down. And I might even use that day to plan for the rest of the month or get on top of a few little work things I needed, but I just have no sort of distractions of the outside world. Like I generally, I don't have my phone in my room, so it's really calming day for me, but people would have a lot of guilt about that and people would not sort of speak about it had a whole day in bed but 
That's like the most decadent thing you can do. <laughs> Are you kidding? Very important. <laughs> <laughs> Staying in bed all day is only for sick people. <laughs> it is. It feels like that. Yeah. When you're sick, you have that whole day in bed, but that's crap because you're feeling crap. So this yeah. is a day in bed and it's like my favorite thing to do. And if it's raining, it's an added bonus. Cause yeah, oh, yeah. All the guilt, but... <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Because then you feel like you haven't wasted a sunny day. (laughs) (laughs) Solution, next sunny day, Monday or Tuesday, drag mattress out into backyard. Yes. Do day in bed in sun. (laughs) Problem solved. Day bed in my backyard. This is good. (laughs) Yeah. See, this is good. We're combining. (laughs) (laughs) So, So tell me, like, you've just been through, like, huge lockdown in Melbourne. Mm Mm-hmm. How has that changed the way you look at these uh, 12 steps? Like how, how has it changed the way that you do things? I think for me, I actually took a lot of positives out of this year. I've been open, yeah, five years uh, in April this year we were open. So I really needed the break. It was a really great kind of reset for me. A lot of my staff got job keeper. It was actually something I'd been asking. I'd said to friends recently, like, how can I just pause the world for a few months? Probably didn't need it to be this catastrophic, but (laughs) (laughs) it was really good to kind of reset and I've reevaluated everything like my life. And I'm just going back into work. All the things I've been trying to do, I'm going to be able to do. And I took the time. I, I did a lot of sort of educating myself. I did a few courses over the last few months. So Every day I was able to achieve a lot of my steps. Maybe yeah, connecting with others was a little bit harder, but I do live with people. So the lockdown for me was, it was pretty good. I'm, a, I'm an introverted extrovert, so I was able to really recharge and now I feel like I'm going to really be able to give back to my community again. I feel like it's back to when I started and launched the business, you know, five, six years ago, but I'm smarter and I'm going to be able to do it a lot better this time. Yeah, I I read somewhere someone described 2020 as, in inverted commas, the great pause. And I thought (laughs) that's a really interesting term because it just really, it describes what so many people have been experiencing. Yeah, I was able to like random things, get on top of my finances and all this sort of stuff. Like since I've opened, I've, I've bought myself a house and I didn't even know what power company I was with, what, you know, I just was so busy and busy is the worst word for the last few years that I just was so out of control in my life. And I was just able to reevaluate so many things, but I've just set up processes for my life. I'm very systemized kind of person as it is, but I've just set up these great systems that I'm now going to have for the rest of my life that I just think if I didn't have this time, I would never have done and life would have gone on and felt overwhelming and felt stressful. But yeah, it was like a really great breath that I was able to take and reassess and kind of go back with the intentions that I want. So how do we stop it happening again in the future? Because I'm kind of hoping we don't have a pandemic every 10 years to make us press pause. And this is the pause that some people really needed. But how do we make sure we don't ramp up and speed up? Because you don't notice it happening until you've gone too far. And then so many people have said that exact thing that you said before, which was, I just wish I could press pause for a few months and then lockdown happened. And so how do we, how do we not end up in that place again? Yeah, it's checking in with yourself. And for me, I do that. Meditation allows you to have space in between your thoughts. That's kind of the best way I can explain it. So it's just like yoga. Yoga isn't about the one hour that I do yoga a day. 
It's about the other 23 hours in the day and how I feel and how I have more time and more space and more freedom in my body. And same with meditation. It's not about the eyes closed experience. It's about the rest of your day and what that gives you. And I'm allowed, it, it gives me sort of time to think and process. If someone's speaking to me, I just get these few extra seconds on the days that I've meditated to respond. And it's the same. I can have those few more seconds just within my own thoughts. So journaling and meditation are huge ways for me going forward that I'm going to stay in check with myself and things that had helped me already over the last few years, just really setting those goals and journaling at nighttime again is really good because you can write things that you've achieved that day and it could just be the smallest things, but yeah, you can go on and go on and go on. And especially as a business owner, I am the only owner of my business and there's no one to kind of celebrate the wins with and like you'll have these amazing achievements and then the next day just rolls on. So taking time in the morning and in the night off technology. So I do not sleep with my phone in my room, but I have my journal in my room and I won't go on my phone until like 9am and then I'm off my phone by about 6pm. So using your phone only in like work hours. So you've got that time and breathing space in the rest of your day. That's how I think you can slow down your life. Yeah. So it takes a bit of discipline, but it's so worth it. So worth it. Yeah. Awesome. Emily, where can people find you both physically and online <laughs> and please, and your Instagram, please, because I, there's so many pretty pictures and I know that now that you're reopening, there'll be so many more. Um, yeah. On Wednesday. So the cafe is serotonin dealer on Instagram. You can find us. And then we're in Richmond, which we're actually in a little pocket called Burnley, but we're in Richmond in Melbourne. Um, and then you can find me personally on Instagram at Emily in Wanderlust. Awesome. 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 And uh, what's your physical address in case people want to drop by your cafe? What are your hours going to be moving forward? So we're open Wednesday to Sunday, 8am to 3pm. And we're at 52 Madden Grove in Burnley. Awesome. Awesome. And next time I'm in Melbourne, I'm definitely coming down for a visit because we, like I said, I am from Melbourne. We try and get down there as much as we can, but obviously it hasn't happened this year. So yeah, I'm going to drop by and eat and drink all the colorful, pretty things. I'm very excited. We have, it's going to be really interesting. So we're reopening on yeah Wednesday, the 18th of November, but we had a huge tourist customer base, so they're going to be gone. So our locals better be coming a lot. <laughs> They'll be coming. Don't you worry. They're, they're on their way now. <laughs> All right, beautiful woman. Thank you so, so very much for sharing your wisdom on this podcast today. I really, really appreciate it. I got so much out of it and I know everyone else will too. Thank you. Have a happy day. I hope you enjoyed listening to Straight Talking Natural Health. If you like what you heard, make sure you hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Also, head over to my website at julesgalloway.com. There's a free quiz on there to see if you're at risk of burnout. I also have an amazing ebook called Heal Your Adrenals, which is a must for any woman with adrenal dysfunction, aka adrenal fatigue. When I'm not podcasting, I'm seeing clients all over the world via Zoom. I love working with fatigue, thyroid issues, autoimmunity, pyrrole disorder, mold illness and complex cases to name just a few. So why not book in and let's work together? All of this and more is available right now over at julesgalloway.com. That's all from me for the time being. I look forward to diving in with you again in the next episode. Bye for now.
This has been a production of TheWellnessCouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on Facebook.com forward slash TheWellnessCouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.